set up with great field position on the fake. Coming back. Ayuk's got it with blockers. Ayuk makes a cut. Looking for the end zone, and he's in. Touchdown, San Francisco. You are now listening to the Faithful Ford Podcast. Hello everyone, how are we doing today? It's a wonderful, wonderful Friday morning if you're listening to this, or maybe afternoon, or maybe evening. Welcome back to the Faithful 4 Podcast. I'm your host, at Bay Kobe, and it's time to discuss this game that we're all excited for. The 49ers against the New Orleans Saints, and this game will be nothing like what it was last year, just like last week's game against the Packers was nothing like what it was last year. This is a completely different team than it was last year because of injuries, very unfortunate events all throughout the year. Um, this one might not be fun, and we'll get into it. Joining me, two of the three co-hosts at Shanahan Season, at Rohitkin on 71. How are we doing today, boys? Fantastic, as usual. All right, well, news today. We'll jump right into it. Um, it's a Quisky Tart because of Turf Toe. Shanahan said today on KNBR, well, yesterday, if this episode's on Friday, that Tart will be out for the year. And um, also that Debo and Mostert have not yet practiced yet. Mostert's already been ruled out. Debo is now seeming like he'll be out too for the Saints. So uh, on the injury front, you know, you know what's new? What's new is just the... Uh, it's the usual, you know, more guys that are key to this team are out. So you try to find a way without. I'm not surprised. That's all I'm going to say. At this one, I'm just not surprised. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It almost kind of feels like, I don't want to be the one to say it, but it almost feels like some of these dudes are being forced, like to stay a week on the injured reserve or a week more to heal up just because they want to lose a couple games, maybe some better draft position. Of course, I don't think that's what they're doing at all, but I think it might factor in is that, they think the season might be over at this point. So, like, no need to rush back a little bit. But it could also just be that, you know, everyone's getting injured again. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, too, you know, a little bit there, Shanahan season, because if, you know, if there was something to play for, you know, you're in a better position for a playoff spot, maybe they would, you know, bring these guys back a little bit earlier to try to, you know, help their chances of winning some of these games. But the way the season's looking so far, it almost seems like it doesn't really matter much. So it's like, you know what? We'll just let these, we'll let these guys get fully healthy before we bring them back. And then we'll just try to win with whoever we throw out there. So, I mean, Here's what I then again, I mean, they're probably like, not doing that. But I mean, if they not, I mean, yeah. I disagree simply because it's, there's always something to play for. A lot, a lot of times, you're mostly just gonna be like playing for your jobs and stuff like that. So there's always something to play for. I, I genuinely believe that these guys are still injured, so that's why they're out. And honestly, like, it, like it makes sense to me. I mean, I can't blame them. I mean, it's just like you want to come back fully healthy because if you come back and you rush your way through an injury, you're just opening yourself up to be re-injured again. And for all we know, you could be get injured worse. And we saw that case in point with a with a guy who we have discussed in great detail, both on Twitter and on the podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. These guys really are hurt, of course. But I think there's a level at which, you know, like they're hurt. They're 
sore, but these are professional athletes. A couple of them, not all of them, a couple of them are going to want to try to fight through it and are going to want to play no matter what. But I do feel like we're at the point of the year and in a certain situation where uh, maybe a couple of coaches, maybe some people higher up are just saying, you know what, you're hurt. We're going to give you more time. We don't care what you're saying here. We don't care if George Kittle says that it's going to take two weeks instead of eight. You're going to wait the rest of the season. So I think that I think it's a part of it with the injuries. But, you know, uh, of course, having something like your I don't even know. I don't even I don't even have an explanation anymore for a lot of this stuff. Like it's everyone. (laughs) It's it's comical at this point. Yeah, I mean, everyone who has some kind of importance to this team has been hurt at some point. It feels like except for Fred Warner and Eric Armstead. Everyone else seemingly has been hurt at some point and has missed a game. It, and it's just, uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like that's those are the only two stars I can think of that haven't missed the game yet. Is except for some of the offensive linemen, but it's uh, you know Armstead and Warner on the on the defense. It's only Armstead and Warner on defense, and then um, Lake and Tomlinson and Mike McGlinchey on offense, and that's it. Yeah, Everybody else that's has ridiculous. Only four players that start have not been injured at any point this season. Only four, and that's just that's just wild. And COVID, I mean, yeah, well, Kendrick Warren is still on the COVID list. So we don't know. I mean, he's had, I think he's had, like, he tested positive, and he had two negative, and he had another positive, and he tested negative, then he tested positive again. Uh, he's just off and on. I don't know what's going on with that. COVID's, like, entering his body, then leaving, and then coming back. This is, that's what it feels like. But I mean, the NFL found no wrongdoing in what the 49ers did, and they found that Kendrick Warren didn't break protocol. So it's like, how did he get it? He just got unlucky, it seems like. And that's just like, you know, how the season's been. Unlucky for almost everyone involved with the Niners. And um, now we're in a tough spot. You maybe have you have no Debo Samuel this week, most likely. No Kendrick Bourne, most likely. So it's going to be River Craycraft, Richie James, and Brandon Ayuk on offense. You do get Trent Williams back. But um, I don't know if Shanahan's going to try their, going to try the Brunskill at center thing again. So the line might look a little different. And then, you know, Nick Mullins is back there. It's going to be McKinnon and Hasty again in the backfield. And it's just the offense that we're not used to seeing. <laughs> Definitely didn't plan on seeing at in week 10 of the – week 11 of the NFL season. Well, week 10. Yeah, week 10. Yeah, yeah week 10. And I, and I just find it hilarious because, like, the NFC is so weak this year compared to um, how it was last year when literally you had four teams that could legitimately make a run for the Super Bowl. And now we're just like, who is actually going to make it to the Super Bowl? Because – Every team is so visibly flawed in one way or another that all you got to do is expose that flaw and you'll win. And then, honestly, if we were healthy, not only I think, not only do I think we're un- that we would be undefeated right now if we were healthy, like fully healthy, we would probably be the best team in all of football if we were if we were fully healthy. Because this NFC this year is a joke. I mean, yes, I, mean, the I NFC think this is the NFC West, but. If you look at the NFC as a whole, it is a joke. I think even if Bosa and Ford were still out, if you had well, and Sherman, since they both since they've all missed like most of the year, if if at least the entire offense was healthy, I think we still have a chance this year. If the entire offense yeah. was healthy and like we were still, and Bosa was still out and Ford was still out and Sherman was still out, I think we you know with a healthy offense, we still have a chance the way the NFC looks right now. Like right now, we're we're four and five, and that's what completely banged up offense and defense. If we had a healthy offense, honestly. At least on one, at least at if we were healthy on three. one side of the ball, if we were fully healthy on one side of the ball, this team would still be in it. Like that's an easy two to three wins right there, just by being healthy. 
And then just being healthy on the offensive side of the ball, if everyone was healthy on the offense, including the offensive line with guys like Richburg and Williams being in for all the games, and then you have your receivers, this team is should be the obvious favorites in the NFC. I mean, you look at just within the division, like at the start, we thought the Cardinals would be good. The Cardinals are just not that good. The Rams are, are kind of who we thought they were. And the Seahawks pass defense is on pace to be the worst in NFL history. Think about that. The Seahawks, who are one of the favorites to win the NFC right now, because Russell Wilson is tearing everybody up, are on pace to have the worst pass defense in NFL history. They're making opposing quarterbacks on average look better than 2018 Patrick Mahomes, which is absolutely insane. And if you just had those pieces on offense, the 49ers would be dominating this division. Not to mention the defense has still played relatively well. Their run defense has gotten a lot better from last year. And the pass defense, it's, I mean, it's mediocre, but maybe you get one or two guys back throughout the rest of the season, Richard Sherman should come back soon. But if the offense was healthy, this team is up there with the contenders. It's really just incredibly unlucky that we had to get injured this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this if there was any year to be relatively healthy for a year and in, in the, in the conference is yours, this year was it. And it just so happened that everybody you need to make a run at this thing got hurt. So, yeah, it's wonderful. And I guess we'll move on here. Uh, right now, uh, we're recording this on Thursday night, so the Coats and Titans are playing. And uh, – Certain player on the coach that everyone's talking about this week, uh, DeForest Buckner, everyone's because of the, you know, lack of production from the defensive line. Some people are saying that maybe it was uh, wrong to give up DeForest Buckner. And I mean, DeForest Buckner with the line before, you know, pre Bosa, pre four, did have a 12 and a half sack season. Um, you know, going into the team with the coach, um, he had two and a, he has two and a half sacks right now. So not, you know, producing at that kind of level, but he's probably more of the decoy in that line than he is the, you know, primary pass rusher. But um, Niners opted to trade DeForest Buckner to the Colts, and they kept Eric Armstead and drafted Ken Love with the pick they got from the Colts. And obviously it was unfair to assume that Ken Law would produce at the level that Buckner did, you know, in his first season. And, you know, coming out of the draft, he was raw. The biggest thing, I mean, his, the biggest thing about him is that he's so huge. People like he's like 6'5", 315-something pounds, maybe heavier than that, and super athletic. And that was really what, you know, he was coming out of the draft. He was... You know, physically more dominant than every college offensive line he went against in the NCC, in the SEC at South Carolina. You know, and he needed this year to kind of you know shape up his his skills. And I think, and Bosa being gone obviously you know kind of hurt his development this year because not only would Bosa have taken away attention from Kim Law on the line, he also could have taught him some stuff while he was you know in practice and stuff like that. And I think you know, t- you know with certain techniques and helping them get you know leverage on the def- on the offensive linemen and trying to. You know, shape up his pass rush moves. That could have helped him too if Bosa was healthy this year. You know, not only just on the field, but in practice as well, you know, as far as his development. So, you know, Kim Law, you know, got screwed because he was now asked to be, you know, a big threat on the, on the defensive line that's missing their usual big threats. And then Eric Armstead too be, um, benefited from having Ford and Bosa, you know, on the outside. So that way he can get one on one with whoever he's up, he's up against. So, I mean, I, Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Right now, with the Niners' defensive line looks right now, yeah, Buckner would be better. But when the defensive line was healthy, I think they would have been fine. So I don't think the trade was bad. I think the trade was good to you know get another top defensive lineman out of the draft and you know save money save money by not having to pay the force Buckner. I don't think the trade was bad. 
Nice what yours gets a little hurt because we're losing a lot and the pass rush is bad and Buckner is balling for the Colts and that's just what's going to happen. It's just what's happening there. I don't think it was a bad trade. I mean, here's the thing. Like, DeForest Buckner wanted Aaron Donald money and if we really gave him that money, that means we wouldn't have the money to sign Kittle to the extension and um, if you go down the line, we're going to have to pay a lot of players this season and this offseason and the next offseason. I mean, if we paid DeForest Buckner that type of money, we, we would quite literally run out of money. I mean, we're already tight on cash space as it is, but we would just run out of money even quicker than quicker than we did. And nobody was giving up a first-round pick for Armstead. So it would have made no sense for us to trade Armstead, keep Buckner, but pay Buckner because here's the thing. Like, the, the Buckner trade got us Kinlaw, but in a way it also got us Brandon Ayuk because um, – we could just uh, just trade away um, some extra draft capital and move up to get a wide receiver that Shanahan really coveted. And mm. if we didn't make that, if we didn't make the um, Buckner trade, then we wouldn't. I don't think we would have gotten either Kinlaw or Ayuk. Might have yeah. gotten one too. Wouldn't have gotten both. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, like like we said earlier, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I don't even think this is a bad trade right now. From the position the 49ers was in, we needed cap space. We have the least cap space in the league right now. I mean, I think last week there was a point in the season where we had like less than $100,000 in cap space. Like, uh, I, I know a couple people were so like, Dave Lombardi was saying that the reason Dante Pettis was on the roster for the Seahawks game was because the 49ers couldn't afford to cut him. Like, they couldn't afford to bring up uh, Kevin White from the practice squad to replace Dante Pettis. So they had to keep Dante Pettis because they had so little cap room. It's just the the situation the 49ers are in right now. Imagine if you had to add in another $5 million for a DeForest Buckner contract. I mean, you're going to, you're going to lose somebody, right? Maybe it's Jimmy Ward and you could have replaced him with Tarverius Moore. Maybe it's someone completely different that they would have had to trade away uh, along with Eric Armstead just to be able to afford those guys. It, it was a really good decision to trade DeForest Buckner, honestly, and get a first-round pick in return for a guy that it has shown a ton of potential. Like, on a lot, when Javon Kinlaw is going to be able to play on a line with Nick Bosa on it, he's going to be able to turn into a monster. Like, right now, when he and Eric Armstead are really the only threats, and Eric Armstead, again, isn't a huge threat as a pass rusher, he's not going to look amazing but he's a rookie and his best tools in college are physical tools like we said he's still got to develop that technical part of his game but looking at it right now this is still not a bad trade they needed that cap space they got a talented player in return they weren't going to get that much for armstead anyways so i i still really like the move your it gives them flexibility uh, I honestly if everyone was healthy right now no one would be complaining about the deforest buckner trade whatsoever he's a great player we all love DeForest but the 49ers were just not in a position to be able to pay a player like that it was the smart move to keep Armstead I don't care if Armstead hasn't shown a lot of productivity rushing the past of this year that was the right move I mean here's the thing like what's what's interesting is that like you said is his um Kinlaw's best abilities are his physical gifts and we've seen that on plenty of occasions um when we're watching the game live and watching highlights when you're watching film but like as the season progresses his t- 
technique is starting to improve. And ever since week one, from the start of the season, he's been consistently winning any one-on-one battles that he has with any with any player. So he's becoming a better and better player with each week. But at the same time, his development is also stunted because he doesn't really have anybody else to work with other than Armstead. So if you actually give him a season, if so in a way, this sounds messed up, but in a way, this was honestly a best case scenario for the development of Javon Kinlaw in that he is the main focus of the defensive line. And so he gets a lot of um, season reps and yeah, just, he gets a lot of season, he gets a lot of in-season reps. So basically he'll have a season under his belt. Um, There'll be a fully healthy 49ers defensive line next year. So hopefully, oh yeah, hopefully simply because we can't have nice things, but I digress. And yeah, I mean, Kinlaw's improving Um, next year. Hopefully, we have a healthy D-line. And if we do, that is going to be scary to watch simply because you will have a hopefully healthy Bosa. And then Armstead and Kinlaw on the interior. And then I, ho- I have no idea who's going to be on the opposite side of Bosa. I'm hoping it's Kerry Hyder and we have some way to offload D-Ford's contract because somehow he's still injured. I don't even know if he's coming back this season, but that's a different story. He might not come back ever. Like his career could potentially be done. I mean, you know, neck and back thing. It's not, you know, something simple, like, you know, it's not light, you know, it's something serious. I mean, that's really important. So yeah, if it's back and neck is messed up, his career could be done. So, yeah. you know, as far as Ford goes, I mean, he, you know, we might not never see him in the NFL again. And back to Kim Law, like you said, Rohis, this is, this is probably good for his development because he'll have a full season worth of film of him, just, uh, you know, all of his shortcomings and you know, where he struggled to have, you know, a full off season to analyze that figure out how to get better, work, work with people during the offseason to fix up the techniques that he struggled on and figure out what does, what doesn't work and what does work. So, yeah, him, him having to play against, you know, have to be a starter without the, the assist of having a, you know, all-pro pass rusher on the opposite side of you, it does, you know, help him maybe develop, you know, faster than he would have if, if Bosa was there. But, um, yeah, I mean, we just, we just can't expect him to be all-pro number one, you know, first season like Bosa was. It takes some, it takes some time for defensive linemen to develop because in college, you're normally, you know, bigger, faster, stronger than the person across from you when you're a top prospect. NFL, everyone's big, fast, and strong. So it takes some time to, you know, to adjust. You got to figure out some pass rush moves to get past, you know, offensive linemen who have been in the league forever and know all the plays in the book. So, yeah, this takes some time. It's going to take more time than people would like for Kim Law to turn into the player they, they want him to be. Yeah, and that should be perfectly fine. I do think that we got spoiled a little bit with Bosa coming out with just some of the best technique that we've ever seen out of a rookie pass rusher, just being able to dominate from week one. So I, I do think that we as fans were a little spoiled by that. Javon Kinlaw is a developmental dude. He has all the tools to be one of the best defensive tackles in the league, but he just needs to develop that, that technical side. And developing technicals like as a defensive lineman in the NFL, I put it up there with some of the hardest things to learn at the NFL level. Obviously quarterback would be number one, but I mean, you're in the trenches with dudes that are the strongest human beings on earth that are built to get you out of the way. And you need to learn hand technique and how to hit their hands away and all that kind of stuff. It's extremely difficult. I think he can do it. He's extremely talented. 
He was the most talented defensive tackle in this class. He's more talented than Derek Brown, who was a little bit more uh, developed from the get-go. But again, Kim Law has a higher potential, in my opinion. But and Derek Brown was a lot was a lot more of a better run stuffer, even in college when he was at Auburn, yep, compared yep. to Kim Law at South Carolina. Yeah, exactly. They're they're two different kinds of dudes, and Kim Law has that more pass rush kind of base there compared to Derek Brown. Being honest. Who, Kinlaw was actually a more balanced prospect coming out of um, South Carolina than Jarek Brown was coming out of Auburn because Jarek Brown was the premier pass um, – not pass rusher, but run stuffer in all of college football. But And that's saying something, especially considering that he plays in the SEC West. And Javon hmm. Kinlaw is, was the most balanced prospect in the um, draft class because – he was a saw. He was a good run stuffer and a pretty good pass rusher as well. So, and I mean, yes, he played in the inferior SEC division, the SEC East, but he still, but he still was a much better prospect than than Derek Brown. And if you look at the numbers, Kill is actually doing better than Derek Brown. Uh, yep, I I a hundred percent agree, and I think that kind of speaks to kind of a little bit back to what we were talking about with how the 49ers played this draft, they were able to get the best, I, I think we can say it now, the best defensive line prospect in the draft at number 13 to replace a guy they couldn't pay for on the defensive line. It was amazing that they were able to do that, and we just need to give Kinlaw some time here. He hasn't been a bad player at all. It's not like you're watching a bust in the making here, or it's not like you're watching Solomon Thomas where you're like you're seeing flashes here and there but a lot of the plays is getting pushed off the ball and such. Javon Kinlaw is a dude. He is made to play that three technique. He is going to be at least above average in there. We just need to give him some time. So I, again, still a great decision. Give Javon Kinlaw some time. He's going to be good. Yeah, I was trying to find the uh, the numbers to, for, you know, in Javon Kinlaw's favor. I thought I saw him earlier. I can't find him now. But he is third in the league amongst rookies in – pressures in the league so it's not that you know he's doing absolutely nothing out there he's had a lot of bad passes we've seen he's gotten pressures he's been good in you know in the run game he just needs time to develop and people you know obviously a lot of people are upset a lot of people want to win now so not you know they're a little you know impatient but you know Ken Law will be fine he's just extremely raw he's mostly you know this big and powerful the technique will come as he develops, so just everyone just chill out for a little bit. The, Buck- the Buckner trade wasn't bad. Arm says good when he has hope. Ken Law's good. We'll be good you know, in the future as he develops. Everybody just chill out. We'll be all right on the line. And with that, we'll move on to some of the offensive stuff. The run game, I'm not going to pull up the stats because I think we all can tell when we watch the game. It's not the same without Mostert, and now without Kiddo, it's going to be even worse. I mean... Uh, the run game, very, you know, very, it just doesn't look good whenever, you know, your two guys who are very, you know, important. Most of it is the best back in the Shenhan system ever, I think. And um, just the way he runs and the way it fits with what Kyle likes to do in his um, his system. And then without Kittle, you know, trying and, you know, the offense likes to run a lot of stretch runs. Trying to get to the outside is even tougher now because Grelly has not been good as a blocker this year. He has regressed. Um, we haven't seen Charlie Warner out there much. I'm assuming he hasn't looked that great in practice or they just don't rely on him much. And Kyle can't do it by himself. Uh, Juice, you know, Juice can't do it all by himself in the run game. So, I mean, 
I mean, the offense is just so banged up. I mean, could we need to run the ball so that we don't get, you know, clobbered in the passing game because these aren't pure pass blockers we have on the team. These are guys who like to get, you know, ahead of steam. They like to get out in front. They like to run block. So when the run game fails, the pass game fails, and they, the run game can't get going with Mostert and Kittle out, I just don't I don't know how this how they succeed in the run game without two of their, you know, key players. Because the talk is a lot about, like, well, if we just run the ball well, we'll be okay in offense. Well, it's impossible when you're missing some of your best, you know, run players with most of your top back out. We, you know, McKinnon, Hasey's a rookie, and McKinnon doesn't have any burst to him. He looks, he's, you know, he looks significantly slower now, you know, after the two AC, after the uh, ACL injury. Um, and then, yeah, without Kittle, the blocking suffers, and Drolly hasn't been good blocking. The offensive line has struggled at times. And, uh, I mean, the run game fails, the pass game might fail. It's just, it's just rough all around for the offense. I just don't expect the offense to produce much. Um, especially the way this defense looked for the Saints this past week against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'll agree. The run offense does not look very good, and that's kind of an issue for an offense and a team whose entire identity is based around running the football in the year 2020, which I still don't really understand. But that's besides the point. Uh, it just it doesn't look great. Mostert was a really big part of this offense. He was able the, – the plays are designed for him. He's fast enough to have the right timing with the offensive line. They had a good chemistry there. But the offense, I think the offensive line injuries being on our sixth center now, it's really gotten to the team. And you're right, the running backs just aren't really there. McKinnon, who they're kind of, they kind of lean into a little bit, is just, he isn't there anymore. He kind of, for a guy, I think the thing with McKinnon was that his entire game was based on that like agility that was just a little bit better than the linebackers and a little bit better than the safety. So you put him out there one-on-one and he's not going to get tackled after the ACL. He lost a little bit of it. And now he's just kind of average. Uh, and then again, hasty's a rookie. So you can't expect a lot from him either. So the run game is kind of just dead in the water. Almost. If, if anything, it's just average. And if you have an average run game, you need something else to pick it up. And the passing game isn't there either. We have our quarterback issues. Everyone should know that at this point. So there really isn't anything to pick this offense up. And again, Kyle Shanahan is an awesome game planner. He can work with almost anything, but the most he can really do with, you know, Nick Mullins, at quarterback, your best running back is out. You got a couple average guys back there. A lot of your offensive line is out, including the most important one in your center. There's not a lot he can do at this point. And again, I agree with you, Kobe. This is a good Saints defense there's not going to be a lot of holes or a lot of weak points in it. I mean, of course, it'll always be interesting to see what Shanahan tries to do, but it really is kind of a hopeless situation, especially if guys like Debo can't play. Yeah, for sure. Um, and not to mention the pass game, even, you know, to get into our next topic as well. I was assuming we're going to have Samuel and Bourne back in this game, but they are both, I mean, we don't know about Bourne. He might not be able to get cleared in time to play. And then Samuel is our, you know, is seemingly like he's going to be ruled out because he hasn't come back from the hamstring yet. So you, know, you don't have anything in the passing game to work with either. The passing game wasn't that impressive last week. James was the only bright, you know, bright spot in the passing game last week. But I mean, you get Williams back, at, you know, at left tackle, so you won't get killed from the left side like you were with the school out there last week against uh, Darius Smith. But I mean, still, I mean, when River Craycraft, Richie James, and Brandon Ayuk, I mean, Ayuk's the only real, real threat there. So. You know, you have a below average, average to slightly below average run game. You have a below average passing game. It's just it's gonna be rough for the offense. And then when you're with your backup quarterback out there, so 
I mean, I just it's not a lot of things I can't. And against a, Saint, a good Saints defense that's been played better, uh, you know, the last few weeks, it's it just spells disaster. I know anyone who wants to think we have a chance in this game. I mean, maybe Shanahan thinks of something, you know, maybe he puts up some baller game plan. He had three extra days because of the because of the uh, Thursday night game, but I just have a hard time seeing this offense able to do anything significant against this Saints defense. I have a question: Are you familiar with the law that's of averages? My... Are you familiar with the law of averages? Nah, not that smart. Because here's the thing. New Orleans has been playing out of their minds for the past few weeks. They are due for a regression back to the mean. And here's the thing. When you're playing out of your mind like that, you're bound to have a very, very, very shitty game. I mean, hell, look at the Niners um, last year. They were playing incredibly well up until the Seahawks game where they they were very – Sloppy, very undisciplined, and lost. Then they got into a groove again and were playing incredibly well. And then we, and then you had the Atlanta game where they were, where they regressed to the mean and laid an egg. And this year, the Saints have been playing out of their mind for the past few weeks, so they're due for a game in which they're gonna fuck up. For all we know, this could be that game. I'm just saying. Well, Rohith, I'm glad you are the ball of hope, the ball of light for this podcast. I don't mean to say I'm not <laughs> in favor of that outcome. But, I mean, hey, if you need someone to really give you a reason to feel positive about the game, go ahead and listen to Rohith. He's got some good stuff for you. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, it is possible because, you know, we saw our game last year against the Atlanta Falcons, and we kind of let our guard down and let them hang around for too long, and that could happen in this game maybe although they did have a lot more starters in that game for the Falcons than we're going to have in this game against the Saints. But, I mean, and then you're going to be in the Superdome with no fans, so you don't have to worry about the noise. But, I mean, that's actually, that, actually, actually there are actually going to be a small number of fans. So this is actually San yeah. Francisco's first game this season with fans in an actual stadium. Oh, well, that might screw us up even more. Probably um, <laughs> don't get worked in our favor. I mean, think about it. First game with Maybe, fans. Maybe, some, some actual juice. Some actual juice in the stands for something. First time they actually have fans that cheer for their team at the game. Because, I mean, even though it's going to be a lot of Saints fans, there, there will be some Niner fans in there somewhere. So, Honestly, if the Bam I mean, LSU game was still going on, I would have probably found a way to get to New Orleans and then watch both both games over that weekend. Yeah, you probably yeah. could have pulled it off. But, um, no, yeah, no, no, no. Man. Yeah, I could have pulled it off, but the problem is the Bam LSU game got canceled because COVID. there have been so many COVID cases in LSU that they actually dropped below a actually eligible healthy players. Yeah, I, heard, I saw they had to cancel again because they can't feel the team. They just can't feel the competitive team. And I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> like, that's Only a lot, that's I mean, a lot of COVID. Like, a, I mean, here's the thing. It's irrelevant, but I just want to finish this thought off real quick. I mean, it's like, here's the thing. You guys are playing a pissed off Alabama team. You're going to get smacked no matter what. I don't care how many players y'all got. I'm just saying. Yeah, they're probably going to lose. I mean, LSU is not the team it was last year. I mean, they lost a lot of good players in the draft. So they just, yeah, between graduation and NFL draft. Yep. So, um, And that's just the offense we're talking about, you know, for, you know, it's going to be average below average against a good defense. Um, how about the defense? Is this defense capable of stopping um, above average quarterbacks? Because we saw them make Jared Goff look terrible, but Jared, Jared Goff does that a lot. Um, Cam Newton hasn't looked good this year, and they made him look terrible. So that's not like they did anything special there. And then we played Wilson and Rodgers, and they absolutely lit us up, and we were mostly healthy on defense for, for okay, at least we're going to have this season. I mean, here's the thing. They made Kyler Murray right. look average. 
and they let the best wide receiver. Well, we were healthy then, yeah. but then we, were, we were healthy. Like we were going to be that. Again, is trash. Then again, we haven't then played. They made Daniel Jones look like trash, but then again, Daniel Jones is trash. And then they made yeah. Carson Wentz look average, and he has been terrible this year. But somehow he is carrying the Philadelphia Eagles to relevance. Then I we mean, made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like a god. I mean, Brian Allen did. We didn't, but Brian Allen did. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> then, then we made Jared Goff look like, you know, Jared Goff. Then we made Cam Newton look like trash. Then we played two MVP candidates. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And now we're going to play the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. So... Also a guy who can't throw beyond five yards. Nah, he can. He, I mean, he That's takes more shots than Jimmy does. Boy. <laughs> Get but yeah, Slant Boy is back. Sanders is is playing for them. I mean, I just I don't have. And then you know, there's no pass rush. You can't get. There's no one that gets to breathe. They have forever. They have forever to throw. Yeah, I, I think. Okay, so here here's here's my point here. Uh, based on the quarterbacks that we've played, it kind of seems like quarterbacks that get the ball out fast and know where to put it and have experience are doing really well against us. So a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick and a guy like Russell Wilson are going to look really good against his defense when they're getting the ball out quick. So, And then a guy like Jared Goff, who's going to hold the ball in the pocket, or Cam Newton, who's going to try to extend plays, is going to you know take his time and is not going to look good against his defense. So that's what I've kind of seen, in my opinion. And we happen to be playing against a guy who's the best quick pass thrower in NFL history. So uh, well, we'll see if my theory is right or not. But if I am right, we're going to get absolutely demolished by Drew Brees because – that's not what I'm this expecting. Team, yeah, I just it's, it's I mean, it's Drew Brees. There's not a lot you can expect, but this cover three defense is gonna let uh holes open up short for the quick game. And you know, to stay the defense right now, I it's it is not a good matchup. Like we've had some bad games this year. This Saints matchup might be the worst matchup you could possibly dream up for this team right now. And then your slot cornerbacks out again too, so you're going to have Jamar Taylor out there in the slot, and they're going to work him to death, whether it be Kamara or Sanders or Thomas. Oof, yeah, one on ones with him is not going to be good. I mean, at least Warner is going to look good again this week, but other than that, <laughs> I don't know what else is going to be in in the in the, uh, the good guys' favor. I mean, I mean, with that being said, <laughs> we we pretty much said the offense is going to be good this week. We pretty much said the defense is going to be good this week. So on a scale of well, zero to ten, <laughs> I mean, hey, Taper Pepper's out there snapping that ball, a long snapper, probably the best long snapper we ever had in our history. He's probably the best dude, Twitter follower. Dude, dude is a legend. That dude's great. Sign him to a twenty-year deal now. Taper Pepper is for the boys. Like he just seems like a real cool dude. Hope he's a long-time Niner. But, um, yeah, with the defense and offense not looking so hot going into this game against a team that is one of the NFC contenders, um, scale of 0 to 10, what is the chance Niners come out of here with a W? No. (laughs) (laughs) Weren't you supposed to be the positive one? Here's the thing. All I'm saying is that we have a chance if New Orleans regresses to the mean. We don't know if this is the game that New Orleans will regress to the mean. However, if we're the, you're, it is you're hoping that we're the cap game, game that New Orleans regresses to the mean. If they don't regress to the mean, cut the cameras. We're fucked. Yeah. Or keep I'm watching a, if you're a masochist. I don't care. I mean, I'll watch the Niners with Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm going to give it a two, but hey, go on, Rohit. 
<laughs> but yeah, no. On paper, looking at everything. Here's the thing. I will consider this a win if we come out of this game with no major injuries. If we come out of this yeah, game with no be... major injuries, that is a win. I will consider that our Super Bowl for the year. <laughs> I mean, it has I, gotten it? that bad that not well, getting an injury I mean, game is that, the Super Bowl. That, 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 this is not how it feels like. I, I mean, I swear to God, it feels like every week someone is getting injured and it's incredibly bad. And we just lose them for God knows how long. We lost Kiddo week one. Then we had a double Met death massacre. And then we lost people against Philly, Miami. Like just every week it seems like we're losing somebody. And it's just insane. I don't get it. Yeah, it's gotten to the point where after every play I'm looking to see who's injured. Because that's how it's, that's how it's been for us this year. Like after every play I'm like, okay, who's hurt now? Who's out now? Who's questionable now? It's like it's <laughs> after one, let's play, be honest, like, are we surprised anymore? No, are we? No, not anymore. Like at this point it's like, oh well yeah, that's just the norm. It's just what's been happening. At this point we're just like, Yep, that's a thing. Yeah, it's a part of life like now a, as a Fortnite football. Yeah. If you're a Fortnite fan, you're just used to this. Like this is this is just what we it's what we do. Is how you. <laughs> this is this is how you live life. Every week, someone new is gone for a long time. I'm gonna give us like a a one and a half, and the one and a half is because Shanahan is one of the greatest off of the play callers in the league right now. So that's where the one and a half is coming from. Maybe he comes up with some. <clears throat> Jesus, my voice is going out. Um. Maybe he comes up with some, you know, killer game plan, bunch of trick plays, just everything, just pulling everything out of his bag, trying to, you know, stay in the race. But um, this doesn't look good. I don't like our odds whatsoever. If you're if you're gonna bet in this game, go ahead and bet heavy on the uh, the Saints because they're probably winning. They're probably covering the spread. And also bet the over please, because please, they're please. probably gonna hang a lot of points on us if they're on song. Yeah, yeah. Just Actually, bet, no, bet the heavy over regardless because here's the thing. <laughs> It's going to be one of two outcomes. A, actually, one of three outcomes. A shootout that the 49ers win, a shootout that the Saints win, or an absolute Saints massacre. So so here's the thing. My best advice, bet the over no matter what. If you are bold and you have no desire to hold on to the money that you have, bet your money on the Niners. But if you are sane... <laughs> And you do not believe in the law of averages. Just bet the just bet the over regardless, and you will make money. Yeah, Wait, that's, so, that's, that's so, yeah, game, actually, Wait, hang on. I gotta see. Hang on. What's the spread? Uh, the spread is Saints by ten. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't yeah. even think about. Don't even bet on the Niners to come. I mean, if you want to bet yeah. on the Saints, bet outright. No. Nah, I mean, if you want to get if you want to get risky. You want to make some serious cash? Go ahead and bet them liners. And then, <laughs> I mean, if they keep if they keep it close at the least, you're getting some money back. So, uh, if you got money to burn, like, I, I do not trust Nick Mullen. Yeah, if you got money to burn, and I gotta be honest, like if it was Jimmy, maybe if it was like I I know I am not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan, but if it was Jimmy, maybe he'd be able to keep it within ten. Jimmy has a tendency to keep some of these games close, besides Miami, which. 
doesn't. I, I'm ignoring that for the sake of the argument. But Nick literally Martin, in his entire 49ers career, Jimmy Garoppolo has only lost by multiple scores in only three games that he's actually played for three quarters or more. Those three games being 2018 Week 3 against the Chiefs, Super Bowl 54, and then Week 8 against Seattle. Those are the only three games in which Garoppolo had played the vast majority of the game, if not the entire game, and lost by and lost by double digits. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is that is Garoppolo makes the least amount of mistakes of all the quarterbacks on the roster, and then he has you know some things to him that other quarterbacks can't do, like the quick release and you know the ability to throw it into tight windows and, and be risky with the ball and you know put it in the tight tight places and, and convert on third down. Um, Mullins oh, yeah, ain't doing that. Mullins ain't doing that. So I have the over under number. The over under is forty eight and a half. Oh my lord! I am confident. That this game will hit the over. Bet your money on the over. The game's going to buy for more than 48? No, I'm saying I'm saying there's going to be some... That means, I'm saying we're getting like completely destroyed. I'm saying like 38-13. Well, they did go yeah. ham on the, on the Buccaneers who are way better than us this year. So, yeah, maybe they might go up and down the field. Yeah, I got to be honest. That seems low. Like, I, okay, I'm, I'm not going to say it, but hypothetically, if you were in a state where it was legal to gamble on sports... Uh, that over is low for this game because I would be shocked if Drew Brees doesn't put up 35 on his defense and Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard, whoever's playing in the fourth quarter, has a tendency. Yeah, they, <laughs> they have they have a tendency to put up some points. Exactly. Don't bring out a garbage song. I'm saying this probably like this over is probably going to be the easiest money you'll ever make. Other than you know yeah, Kansas City, other than Kansas City existing, and that's all it takes to beat the Jets. But other than that, this is probably the easiest money you'll ever make this season. <laughs> Except for that uh, that Jets Chiefs game, that was probably a little bit easier. But this is probably just as easy. Yeah, no, no, I already said that because all you need oh, to yeah, is yeah, exist yeah. and you beat the Jets. I mean, that's what we did because our entire team Patriots, died that game, and with that Patriots game, our season. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, and that's not looking good. Um, on the bright side, this game would tell us what the rest of the season is going to be like. If we lose, it is definitely draft season. If we win, we can still hold on to the little bit of hope we have left that we maybe make the playoffs. By the way, if you guys want, if you guys want more hilarious gambling game tips, for. follow the socials and follow us. Yeah, I forgot to say it again. Um, <laughs> follow at Facebook4Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. I mean, it's not... It's not a Faithful 4 episode if I don't forget to, to, to plug the socials. I mean, it's just not. You guys are used to it by now. You know, if you guys all just followed all the socials, we wouldn't have to keep doing this. But, you know, <laughs> there are still a couple of you out there. So, I mean, shout out to everybody following right now. We have, we're up to 70 followers on Twitter now. Um, so, yeah, shout out to you guys. But the rest of you who aren't, go ahead and hit the follow button. It's free. Um, it's not even, it's not, a, it's not, you know, it doesn't cost you any money. It's not a subscription. Just hit the follow button. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. In fact, it's actually a good feeling. I've tried it out before. Makes you feel, you know, happy inside. So you guys should yeah, just try great. it out. It's like, wow. I, just, I have new content on my timeline now. I just subscribed to new content for free. Isn't that great? Yeah, you should do it. <laughs> um, yeah. 49ers Saints. It's uh, it's probably going to be one-sided. and not It's going to be some pain, guys. 
It's going to be some more pain that we're probably used to feeling already this season. On the bright side, though, this podcast is getting some upgrades. Uh, starting with this up episode, the audio is going to sound better. At least I think it should. Um, and number two, next week, by week, we got some fun stuff lined up, including a live show where you guys can interact with us live. Make sure you're there. Unless you can't be there. But if you can be there, I expect you to be there. Because what the hell else are you doing? Just go ahead and get on Twitter, get on YouTube. I will post to YouTube soon. Um, I'm making the channel currently. Actually, I'm not. But I'm going to once this episode is over, once I've finished recording. Uh, I'll post it on the on the social thing, whatever, you know, how it works. I'll just put it on Twitter. You'll see it. You'll subscribe because you should. And then, you know, that's where we'll put all of our live show you know, replays, you'll put it on there in case you missed it. You want to see our beautiful faces talking about some wonderful Niner events. You can see it on YouTube as well. But be there for the live stream. That's going to be on YouTube and Twitter. And if you're, I mean, if you listen to this, you're on Twitter a lot already, most likely. So, I mean, just go ahead and get on Twitter and, and just chill out with the boys. Talk some Niner. Got some fun stuff, um, you know, talking about the future, talking about the present, maybe even talking about the past a little bit during the bye week. A lot of stuff coming up for the bye week. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll try to make it fun. This season hasn't been fun for anybody involved with the Niners. But we're trying our best over here. Trying our best. Uh, you know what? The, let's let's look at some positives again. We kind of had this feeling last week where, you know, everything was too negative. Let's, let, let's look at some positives here. You know, Javon. Yeah, shout out to Jason Aponte and um, Andrew Pasquini for the 49ers Noir live show. Noir? Is it Noir? Noir. Noir. I'm not French. that smart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shout out to them. Say something positive. Positive. Uh, I'll start. Ayuk is very good. He's going to be very good in this league. Uh, Shannon has no more receiver. Brendan Ayuk is very good. That's my positive. By the way, we have a new update to the um, 49ers injury report, and it's the Levi Stadium parking lot. Even our stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that injured. on Twitter. Parking lot collapse. Parking lot collapse outside of Levi's Stadium. Good thing it's no fans, so you don't have to worry about it. But, um, oh, man. Odds are it's going yeah, to be injured good, good, than a high ankle sprain. You know what? Hey, shout out to COVID for one thing. This was a great year to not have fans because we would not have enjoyed this season. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, what this season could have gone completely different if we did have fans. Well, yeah, true. Some of the close games. Probably win the Eagles game. Probably win the Cardinals game. It is literally game. the Schrodinger's cat that we will never know everything was completely different. Yeah, we'll never know. What is? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, there's not much else to say. I mean, watch the game, you're not a fan, but don't expect a lot. That's all I got to say. Just uh, go out there, support the boys, support the uh, support Nick Mullins. You know, go out there and try his best. Good luck to the offense. <laughs> good luck to the defense. Just good luck. I mean, hopefully they finally pull it out. I'm not. I, I don't want the Niners to lose. Obviously, we never want to watch our team lose. We want, we want to see them win every game they ever play. That's, that's just not realistic. But, I mean, that's what we cheer for. So, obviously, I'm going to cheer for the Niners to win this game. Um, even though even though I do want to talk about – I mean, not talk about, but – well, yeah, talk about. But, you know, I want Zach Wilson. I want the Niners to get a high pick so we can have our choice of quarterback in the draft and everything like that. I still want to see us win. I'd rather us make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl than, you know, lose every game to get a high pick and maybe suck forever like the Jets have. That being said, I think we I think we're done. I think we're gonna end this one. Um, 
Yeah, Niners Saints. No score predictions because those suck and they, they're useless. But if I had to pick a score prediction, I'd probably pick like 48 to 17. Uh, 38 13 in favor of the Saints. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm agree with you guys. I'm going to go with like 40 to 25. I'm still holding out a little bit of hope that we can keep it close. Damn, like, the point hey, is fine. How many points of those? How many of those points are in garbage time? I'm guessing. How much would that be? Let me do some math in my head. 18 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, does that make that sense? The game yeah, it's yeah. like way over, like halfway through the third. That means they just stopped caring. Which is possible. All right, actually, here, let's, let's, I'm a, I'm a, let me put this out here right now before it happens. Uh, Josh Johnson gets promoted from the practice squad this week. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, after Nick Mullins will be benched at halftime, uh, down 30, 30 to nothing. Uh, CJ will go in for the third quarter. Won't get anything done. Then Josh Johnson will come in and will score 20 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, might make it look a little bit close when reality is blow. I'm calling it now. <laughs> Josh Johnson on three days of playbook study gets out there and puts up 20 points in the fourth. This is the 2020 49ers. Anything can happen. Dante Pettis is no longer on the team. So anything could possibly happen. There is no, uh, nothing is structural anymore. Nothing is the same. This team is, Chaos. You know what? If that happens, I will let you choose my profile picture for the next week. If that happens, exactly like you said it does. If that happens, exactly like you said it does, I will let you choose my profile picture for the next week. You're not putting a lot up for me suggesting that a practice squad quarterback would learn the playbook in a week and then go on to score yeah, 20 I mean, points. Come on, right? That's the, not gonna, the odds of this happening is like below 0%. It's like in the negatives. This is not possible. I mean, it is 2020. Anything's possible (laughs) in in the worst way. But all right. Yeah, that's it from us. It's not much else to talk about. Make sure you stay tuned. Follow the socials because bye week stuff coming up. A lot to talk about. A lot of great topics. A lot of sad topics. A lot of fun topics. A lot of mad topics. Just a whole lot of fun. A lot of everything. It's a whole lot of fun. We're going to be probably going to be yelling, screaming, preaching, uh, soliloquies, where it got wrong, where, where it gone wrong why it's going wrong, uh, what we want to see, what might happen in the future, all that stuff. Just make sure you're tuned in. Live show, too. So in case you forget about the podcast, not a big podcast guy, live show next week, too. So make sure you're there for that. Um, that being said, me and the boys, we done here. We somehow found a way to talk about a one-sided matchup for 50 minutes. Um, shout out to us. and shout out to y'all for listening. Um, go Niners. Go yeah. Niners. Go Niners. Shout out to y'all for listening. Go Niners. Stay faithful. We gonna get through. We gonna get through this thing. It's almost over. We halfway through. We halfway through. It's almost over. Uh, they can't end fast enough. All right, we're out from the boys. Kobe Shanahan season. Real hits. We out. See y'all next time.